Welcome to As You Were, a podcast about Alkaline Trio, where every week we talk about one Alkaline Trio song. And this week, it's I Can't Believe. I can't believe how good that read was. I mean, it was very good. I can't believe it either. I can't believe that we're talking about this song. I cannot believe it. The other night, my partner and I were watching What Happens in Vegas, and I got up so many times in the middle of that movie just so I could say, could you pause it? I want to see what happens in Vegas. Well, I mean, you just have to there, I think. Uh, I've been told what happens there stays there, but I can't comment on it. I know that's where the Pawn Stars live, which is cool. Um, Love a Pawn Star. Yep, best they can do, 300 bucks. As you were a podcast about Alkaline Trio, every week we talk about one Alkaline Trio song, except for last week. We didn't talk about an Alkaline Trio song last week. Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure. Um, I'm not sure if uh, that was uh, maybe something that y'all could just like absorb through the ether that we were kind of like, uh, what? I don't. Ugh. I mean, yeah, it was partially that, and I think you know this is. I'll take uh, the blame for the people not getting a song. Is this like, I really didn't feel like talking about that and whatever song we were going to talk about, it was going to uh, cloud that conversation. Um, Mm. And while I think that's like really good for um, venting, there was just so much happening and so much developing that anything we were going to say and then put out by Tuesday was going to be out dated so why bother doing that um i don't want to just like wildly speculate in uh you know say things that are now no longer true or more information has come to light on the podcast so like i just didn't really want to do that but then you know we took the week and i kind of realized well um with all of that going on and this podcast going out potentially during another uh Essential, essentially a terrorist attack um, as Trump leaves office. We should just talk about the one song that Matt Skiba has written about a politician because it's about Donald Trump. So now we're just going to do it all, but with a little more, uh, I don't know, a little more leveled than it would have been a week ago. So if you're sitting at home and saying, I can't believe that they're talking about this song on this day, since they do these randomly, believe it, because it wasn't random. We're here for the purpose. Yeah, I mean, at this point, I'm just going to, you know, after a whole spreadsheet debacle, uh, it was just, I mean, they released a new album halfway through us, or a quarter of the way through us doing this. Like, eventually we had to stack the deck. I, I, I love stacking the deck. Yes. Um, That's what I call it. I'm going to point out that the number of verbal slips that you have versus the ones that I have as the editor of this show are about one on your side and about a bazillion on mine. 
and the whole the whole point is I don't think anybody's sitting there and being like, well, this isn't random anymore. Um, and I also don't think anybody really at home is saying like, oh, this is crossing the line for me. Well, they're finally they're finally gone too far with talking about the politics. I think that we can kind of comfortably say that if you're a listener to this show, then you know where we stand and you uh i think to be it should be clear it should be pretty clear and i do want to say one thing though um just because i've seen this kind of thing coming up and i think it's fucking stupid so here's my one minute i'm gonna like go on a tangent but everyone who's like oh my god big tech overstepping isn't this what you libertarian motherfuckers want, which is private business getting to do whatever the fuck they want, whenever the fuck they want? Like, the fucking internet is not a public utility. Twitter, mm-hmm. though there are, like, regulations and laws about what can be done online, it's a private fucking company. They can delete whoever they want. Much like when you were spouting off or, like, posting nudes on the b9 board you got deleted too motherfucker so like my whole point is like irregardless of how i feel about all that shit like all these people being like oh this is big tech overstepping it's like nah man that's how the fucking internet works because it's not regulated so fuck off one of my favorite bits of irony in all of it is the fact that you're looking at a marketplace that is so monopolized and y'all are the ones who decided in the fucking 90s to just let corporate mergers go Mm -hmm. ham you're the ones that allowed for the radio stations to be consolidated and controlled by companies like cbs and abc and it's pretty fucking funny to watch it all play out with you know a bunch of people who were you know have been saying for so long it's just like well it's just the way that it goes Mm-hmm. Why should mm-hmm. why should there be more independent stations? Why should uh, why shouldn't Disney buy everything? <laughs> I mean, it's literally people saying that this is like corporate overreach. It's like throwing a temper tantrum that like Crystal Pepsi doesn't exist. It's a product that or a service or a thing they've decided they don't want anymore, so it doesn't exist anymore. That's the end of it. Personally, I think the internet should be a public utility, and I think that is a like platform that if Democrats were smart, they would run on and probably never lose the quote unquote like uneducated white rural voter because in a lot of rural places they don't have high speed internet access, which is why they're like fucking mad about like having to teach their kids remotely. And also like they don't have access to like LinkedIn and job boards. Mm -hmm. So like literally that's the reason it should be a public utility, but it's not. So corporations, guess what? They have more rights than we do so they can do whatever the fuck they want. And if you're one of these people who's like literally been like, that libertarian like jerkwad for the past five years about like big tech da, 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 and i fucking hate them too this is what you've asked for i don't get it 
Um, but that's why we have an internet show uh, called The Podcast um, <laughs> to talk about matters such as these. And that is my rant for the week. I Can't Believe is the fifth song on Is This Thing Cursed, record that came out in 2018. It is very apparently about Donald Trump in the lyrics you can see it and then also Matt has said yes this is about Trump it's even more so about the people that continue to think that Trump is a good idea regardless of all the racism sexual abuse and pig nature of this person so much damage has been done I can't believe why anyone would think that's a good idea so this comes from someone who is political and has been outspokenly so for as long as I've been a fan of this band. Mm -hmm. But there are no songs that are as overtly political as this one. Even War Brain has nothing to do with George Bush. <laughs> I mean, yeah, if it wasn't on the Rock Against Bush comp, I don't think anyone would read it that way because it's almost pretty clearly about being hungover. Mm. Uh, which, like, mm, also, th that's a, a subject he's written a lot more songs about. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, I think when this record came out and I heard this song and it was very obviously what it was about you know i think they actually i kind of like the sentiment here because it's not really pushing oh this guy sucks or like whatever it's not sloganeering in any way it's just kind of like i mean i think the title is kind of clever mm -hmm. um i think on the flip side of that it's maybe a little naive um yeah but at the exact same time, I think the sentiments contained therein are not necessarily naive. I think it's it's somewhat observant if, you know, for the sake of a song, just trying to, like, treat this more like, yeah, it, it doesn't feel like he's writing a political song. And I think if you didn't know the subject matter, I could see it maybe even slipping past you, which you can't often say for a lot of, like, political punk songs, mm -hmm. of which there are. And endless amount, many of which are very good, some of which are very bad. Yeah, I, I uh, have been revisiting Bad Religion, and I, I didn't know that they were political. Yeah, I mean, I can't believe it. Um, <laughs> it's funny, I revisited No Control last week. Holds up. Great record. Great record. And, uh, of course, Brendan and I talked about Suffer this past week on Road to the Skeleton Coast with Brendan Kelly. Also a great record. Also a great podcast. Um, That's not what I said. <laughs> you, on, it, on the purely musical side, this song, especially the riff and the verses, remind me so much of A Nose Over Tail. Or this could have come out in the Glenn era and Which it, is funny because the first thing in it is almost sounds like a nod to message from Kathleen with that like very mm -hmm. quick Tom thing into the riff. And on a purely musical level, um, one, this is the longest song on Is This Thing Cursed? Um, 
I don't think it feels it because it does a lot. Uh, but musically, actually, I really like this song. It does a lot of, yeah, to your point up top, it feels very early Alkaline Trio in a sense. And mm. then I think it kind of does what I've been wanting the band to do and have said endless times on this podcast, but it actually kind of gets weird in that like back half bridge instrumental part where like Matt's throwing in a lot of like purposefully like off chords Mm -hmm. the effects kind of highlight it um it's actually like very well produced like much like when we talked about heart attacks i feel like there's a lot of layers that make this song better than it would be if it was really stripped down yeah there's a whole lot of texture to everything and it really really strengthens the track the bridge is fantastic. I mean, for like as driving as this band can be, you're really only hearing minor chords. That's as like dissonant as they get. Or maybe, mm-hmm. you know, Matt will like just add, I don't know, add a seventh, right? He, he diminishes some things. Uh, but yeah, I it, it, it is like one of the one of those moments for this band that feels like it is exactly where you have been sort of saying like, I want more of this and the yeah, possibilities. And, and, and I do think it's funny, like as we go back to more and more of these songs, I, I really realize how much of that kind of is on this record that I maybe didn't fully pick up on originally, like mm-hmm. w- listening to heart attacks, listening to this, there is a lot of depth in the kind of composition like that's kind of not just not just what i think makes this addiction kind of fail where it feels like it's just layers put on stuff on top that don't really like do anything this one it's like oh like all of this stuff has a reason for being here and that's mm-hmm. really cool um totally i i yeah, and I also feel like I, you know, I'm kind of a sucker for when a punk band is able to do what Derek is doing on the song, which is like there's a lot of tom work, there's a lot of these kind of roles he's doing that give this song it's it's he's playing a lot. There's a lot of notes in there, mm-hmm. but it's not like a fast song. Um but I think it gives it that like you were saying that feeling of like what Glenn would do almost as opposed to what Derek does a lot of the time in the band, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah, totally. It's it's as active as, as Derek is, but it's not... I mean, it's the fact that it is so down, it's so on Tom's, it's not... I think that his flash really comes from symbol work. And yeah. I think hitting the Toms like that, there is, I think, a... I think there's a deliberateness to that just in the way that it invokes like a march. And mm. uh wow, I can't believe how that has uh aged so properly. Yeah. And uh, of course, of course I can. Of course he can. It's been uh, fucking written out the entire time, this motherfucker. <laughs> um I think I think to your point it is like it's kind of cool when we look back at a song like do you want to know where dan is doing all of these crazy like new 
songwritery things that are that are adding new dimensions and it's like when we hear him for the first time it's like oh that's a new move that's a yeah and now a few years down the line it's kind of all like gelled into a more like natural like uh, amalgamation so that you can have a song that is pretty standard verse chorus bridge outro but there's a lot of like there's a lot of nuance to it and there's a lot of uh i guess learned um uh care yeah i mean i think to your point like to to compare it to like a song like do you want to know i think that's actually like pretty similar because there's a lot of moving pieces and i think part of this and part of the reason i like is this thing cursed more than a lot of the records immediately before it is that i think on parts of agony and irony on most if not all of this addiction and all probably most of my shame is true it doesn't sound like derek's playing those songs um Mm -hmm. It's so straightforward, like any punk drummer could have written that. And I don't feel that on uh, Is This Thing Cursed? I feel like he's he's really making his presence felt again in a way that kind of hadn't been since like Crimson. Um, and I think it's what makes this stuff work. But it's funny that you bring up uh, Do You Want to Know? Because my big complaint with this song is I'm not in love with the vocal performance and vocal delivery. And I honestly think this song would be better if Dan sang it. Oh, that's a really, really interesting point. And, because see, I, I went back and forth on the vocal performance, liking it or not liking it. I guess not liking it isn't the, isn't the phrase, but I see your point. It feels a little flat. It doesn't have a whole lot of um, oomph behind it, but... Mm-hmm. I think the reason that I sway to the side of of liking that is that his words feel more measured. It's mm. not it's not reactive in the bad way. The, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, the way reactionary politics are bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, and I I think that it gives I think that it gives a little bit of emphasis just to how intentional he is with the words here and what he's saying. And I also think that like overemphasizing would very quickly, I mean, he wouldn't even have to like overemphasize, but the, I think the moment it, I think it wouldn't take much for it to feel like he's trying too hard. And Mm -hmm. there's, there are a few things that are like, more depressing i think than someone who isn't like naturally inclined to writing politically trying to be like i just had to say something and i'm so mad no i agree with all of that and i think again i don't love it but i understand its utility there and i actually you know we've we've talked about it a lot already but i think the bridge is a perfect use of this more disaffected like kind mm-hmm. of like remove narrator thing he's doing 
Like, oh. it almost sounds like there's some effect kind of put on his vocals to make him sound even more distant, which I actually really like. Mm-hmm. And I think is a good use of it. I think there's a lot of, like... And I think that kind of big ending where you can kind of hear, I think, both Dan and Derek singing low in the mix is really nice. I think it builds. And I think, yeah, him coming out of the gate at, like you know, 11 would make this really not work, especially given compositionally, there's so much room in those verses. Mm-hmm. Um, I just kind of wish there was like, I, I just feel like the the hook of that feels really good on the first line. And then it just feels like it's kind of diminishing returns for me until we get to the chorus. Totally. And totally. so it's not like I hate it by any means, and I think it's actually cool to see Matt elect to like fit his vocal styling around both like the composition and the subject matter, which is not, it's kind of rare, like in punk mm. in general. So like, I want to give credit where it is due, but it just feels like there's something missing from making this like elevating this to like the next tier of like oh this is like a really great track for me and i think that's all it is is like i think you know because they do it so well on the title track is this thing curse they do it really well on uh demon and division i think this is one that would have benefited a little bit from both of them being in there even if that's just dan doing more backups in the verses or maybe taking a line here or there Mm -hmm. um, just to give it a little more life in those spots when it starts to feel like once we're in the verse, which musically I like, I feel like it feels a little monotonous. um, Yeah. The longer it goes. I agree. Um, I think he he does throw some really cute uh, lines in there in reference to the horror of Babylon. And I, I really, really like, the um nobody to hear your black swan song i think that's a material from matt and the uh in the, <coughs> in the library uh <laughs> the dancing bookshelf that yeah yeah i mean there's there's a lot of that and like i do think part of what makes the lyrics better is like he's clearly writing from the perspective of someone who has some sort of concept of like the religious fundamentalism undercurrent of this and bring Mm -hmm. that in like uh horror babylon like the uh, seven head beast which is like very synonymous now like with like satanism and obviously plays into the QAnon thing a lot Mm -hmm. um so that's kind of compelling and like kind of foretelling in a way um but i the, the the thing that i really like in the chorus which i think could be so corny um, is the like someone do something, something like the repetition of that, where it almost feels like he's reacting to it. Like we were talking about mm-hmm. and like how you overhear people just say that and like deflect the ownership. And I don't know if that's what the intention was, but I actually, that's, that's the effect it gives off for me is like a lot of people looking at something and kind of the bystander effect where like the more people who are observing something, the less likely anyone is to do anything. Yeah, And I think that's kind of an interesting like lyrical play he pulls in here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I, I think too, that like an added context that's kind of come up in the last week has been, I, I watched a montage 
recently of just, you know, every Republican politician in 2015, 2016 talking about about this guy. Mm-hmm. What a cancer he is to the Republican Party. And, you know, that's from upstanding uh, heroes such as Rand Paul and Lindsey Graham and Marco Rubio. The someone do something. It's just been like kind of the that was really, really prevalent at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's still been that like <laughs> sorry, just I, I just had a vision of the Mitt Romney dead Kennedy's post. Because that guy oh, did yeah. something. That guy did something. Uh, they've deleted it. So, you know, I, that's the funniest thing, too, is I saw some people like going back and forth on that, like being like, and it's, you know, not untrue of three of them, some of the members of the band. But like I saw someone explaining like they're like, how could this happen? Someone's like, oh, because they're old and white and comfortable. And it's like, one, they have a black drummer <laughs> Two. The person who like really was the political bent of this band has not been in it for 35 years. Yeah. So I think that's more the explanation of anything uh, to me because he wasn't very happy about it either. Um, you know, but yeah, it's just like funny to think about like how little like we just exist in this moment of like the doing the bare minimum is. Mm-hmm somehow virtuous and it was very funny well not funny but that day of like i'm working and then i'm watching this stuff start happening and i'm like oh fuck and like this is coming in the midst of people like you know the forever disgustingly spineless uh ted cruz objecting to certifying the electoral vote and then like that night you know being like we need to move past it and it's like motherfucker like this happened less than 12 hours ago there's no and i think that's the thing is i think people i think there's a certain type of person like if you're not engaged in politics which is hard for me to fathom personally because this shit matters um but there's a lot of dumb people in the world uh and the dumber you are the happier you are statistically speaking um I just like find it I definitely can understand people being like I just want to move on when you are a like average person but when you're a fucking politician where like "Mm, this is gonna be for the next 10 to 20 years is going to be the fallout of this event like there is no moving past it this is the rest of your fucking career buddy like and not even just him but like anyone like Mm. this you know Having studied, like, German history in college, uh, the fact that, like, nothing happened to Hitler when he did his first coup, and then 10 years later, like, that's when he took over, um, really, we should internalize those facts a little bit more. Because if we don't do anything, those people just go away and come back. We've seen that with, like, canceled people uh and you know what i'm all for restorative justice and like people actually making amends but none of those people really fucking did much Mm -hmm. uh and they're just trying to like smash cut to like 
okay, that was a week ago. I It's fine. We forgot about it. And that's just like endlessly frustrating to me. Yeah. I uh, This new record that I made is all about a period of personal growth. Yeah. I've heard that one or two times before. So, um, um, it's, it is a, it is a, it's a wild time and it's, it's, one would hope the final straw would, you know, I think that we're all just hoping for just a moment of cleanse and that, that cleanse isn't just moving on, but it's like something do it and move forward. Um, and I think that like, you know, there's, this is a, this is a song that's, I think very important to the canon, even Mm -hmm. if it's, um, you know, it's not a single from the record and it's not, it didn't, you know, stand out when this record came out. I think that if anything stood out on is this thing cursed is in terms of topic wise, it was the fire festival song. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, from album release, I was like, Oh, this is, it actually feel, I felt like there was stances being taken. And and I think that song has a lot of uh, Goodbye Fire Island has a lot of self-awareness in it from Matt to a degree that like, I don't want to say is shocking, but like he was involved in like this really wild fucking thing that kind of captivated people for like a year or mm-hmm. more um, yeah. with the fucking two documentaries about it that came out simultaneously. Um, and I think what I like about both that song and this song is that though I was saying you could listen to this one and maybe not understand the political implications. I actually prefer that to, I've been critical of this route before just because of how I've seen it kind of inherently become retroactively damaging, but the like kind of vague enough political sloganeering that it means anything to anyone. And I, I kind of, I don't want to leverage this at people who I think are, you know, otherwise good, but like a green day in the two thousands, I think rise against kind of falls into that bucket. Mm -hmm. Um, I had another one that I was going to say and it's blank. It's escaping me, but you get the idea. And this isn't doing that. I, and I think that what, what this kind of is another added element to what we've talked about a lot, which is this, this band has been able to reach a very very high height but they're still ours and mm-hmm. i think mm-hmm. that i think that what what happens with a band at the level of a rise against or a green day which is however intentional those songs were written to be when they're when they're heard by that many people it becomes whatever you want, which is what you're saying. And I think mm-hmm. that trio never, never really breaking through on that level, you know, I think protects the message in a lot of ways. And I think it allows, you know, Matt to really go that hard against Trump 
and there's not really a blowback because I don't, I'm sure there are Trump supporters in the audience for sure. Statistically speaking, like Mm -hmm. I'm sure they have fans who fall in that camp. Um, but he's not going to lose anything by being like, this song is about Trump. And I think this is fucking abhorrent and bad. And it's just like really funny to me to think about like, I'm, I'm going to use the green day example, like band I like, but like in the middle of all this, make like their fucking awful pop record, you mm-hmm. know, like they're not really saying anything. Um, it almost feels like retreating back at a time where it's like, well, you now more than ever have your chance to like write American idiot too, and go a little harder. And you didn't, and it's no one's obligation to do that, but it does become a little frustrating to me when it's like, well, you really like made your money off that shit when it was convenient and yeah. now are kind of like backing off of that. Um, so that, that's another thing. And it's just like, I'm not going to hold against anyone. I'm not going to tell anyone what they should or have to do with their fucking art. Like, but I do think like there is an importance to interrogate the idea of like, and I've told the story before, but like going to see green day in 2016 and people chanting lock her up. It's like, well, that's because your songs from that album are not really directed as directly as you think, mm-hmm. because all the stuff you're kind of vaguely saying could just as easily apply to Obama or Clinton or whomever. Yeah. Whereas this, I think, is a much more like personal version of witnessing something that feels very gross and wrong to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's almost more about the culture around it than the actual person. And I think that allows it to kind of not get caught in that trap because it's not, this isn't a song that feels like it's like, you know, raging against the system. It's just like that kind of like defeated side of like, this is happening and there's nothing that you or I or anyone listening to this can conceivably do about it because it's been done. And I think that's a unique emotion to express when you're writing what is a like politically minded song. Yeah. What do you rate it? That's the hardest part. Uh, and I am going to give it a three and a half. I'm going to give it a four for four more. No, of course (laughs) I am fucking kidding. Uh, this is our podcast. It's called as you were a podcast about alkaline trio. Every week, for the most part, we talk about one Alkaline Trio song. This week, it was I Can't Believe. Um, and it was really nice, David, to be able to talk in a way that felt like just a large exhale. Not that we've been yeah. forced to hold ourselves back or anything like that on this podcast. Um, but we've sort of, I guess, been trying to just figure out a way to continue to just like do a thing once a week. That's about a band that we like while really, really awful shit has Mm -hmm. been going on for a lot of years. And I mean, relatively forever, but yeah, I mean, um, in the grand scope of the universe, not that many years, but a lot of years, generally mm-hmm. speaking. And, and, like, that's the thing is, like, I, uh, you know, 
I think it's good to be upset and see and understand this, but you also have to be kind to yourself. And like, I think to your point, like this has largely been a way to, it comes up, but this is a release valve in another way. It's much more fun. It's usually much more lighthearted than Mm -hmm. this. And hopefully it will be again next week. But, you know, yeah, I think sometimes like, I, I think we need to find the moments of joy that feel like decompression and feel like, all right, this is why you care. This is why you're angry. This is why you fight is because you want everyone to be able to have these kind of experiences all of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's the difference between the libertarian don't tread on me and the anarchist don't tread on anybody when they are on the same side of the political, uh, well, not the same side, but if I, I view it as a circle and yeah. they're closer to each other in that, like, um, the right wing just cares about the self. Whereas like an anarchist, like, uh, you know, Marxist Lenin doesn't want anyone to be trampled on at all. Um, and that's more where I fall on this because I just want people to be able to enjoy living their lives. I don't think that is too much to ask for. And I think to, uh, to hit another topic of this time, uh, there's a reason that George Orwell, when he went to Spain to write newspaper articles, lasted a couple days before he signed up to fight with the anarchists, the socialists, and the communists. If people were, like, just capable of visiting a fucking Wikipedia page before they start citing <laughs> someone as, like, holding up their beliefs, oh, my God, would that First make paragraph. things so much better. First paragraph! Like, Democratic socialists! It's, yeah, it's not that fucking hard. Um... We have a Patreon, patreon.com slash as you were. We made this fucking awesome ass swag that I found myself conveniently working on and not looking at my phone for a good four hours on a certain Wednesday. Um, Better off. (laughs) But um, we do some other long form stuff on there. If you want to support the show, either way, we'll be back next week. We look forward to it. We'll see you then. Thank you, friends. Nothing to see you move along Nobody to hear your back swan song Someone missed you something, something's wrong He's no longer breathing but singing along Nothing to see here, move along Nobody to hear your black swan song Someone please do something, something's wrong He's no longer breathing but singing